0: Welcome to the Impact 360 Institute podcast, where our goal is to explore biblical worldview and servant leadership to equip you for everyday influence. Here's your host, author and director of cultural engagement, Jonathan Morrow.
1: Can your favorite movies reveal God? Well, that's going to be the conversation I get to have with my good friend, Dr. Frank Turek, about his brand new book, Hollywood Heroes. How Your Favorite Movies Reveal God. And so if you don't know, which is hard to imagine, but Frank Turek wrote the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. He's written all sorts of other books, Stealing from God. He speaks all over the country, Um, a well-known, world-renowned apologist and award-winning author. Um, He gets to teach in our Impact 360 Fellows here with our students and all that. And it's just been fun to have um, just our friendship grow. So Frank, I'm excited about this brand new book. Thanks for coming on.
0: Hey, Jonathan, thanks for having me, and thanks for the great work you're doing at Impact 360. I always love going down there at least once a year for a few days. Absolutely. And there are people who are listening right now, you probably already know this, but if you don't, that is a great place to send your young person, particularly in between high school and college for a year. I mean, there's no better place to go to get really grounded in Christianity and theology and apologetics and philosophy. And you even do a like a summer program for a week or two, don't you? John?
1: Yeah, we have summer programs for Pell for one week and then immersion for two weeks during the summer for high school students. So if you're a rising freshman through graduating senior, that's that's a great opportunity as well.
0: Yeah, do it, folks. It's great. Yeah, thanks.
1: And and so I'm, I'm thrilled about this. You know, um, I know you've written a lot on evidence for Christianity. I know you've written a lot about evidence for God and things like that. So why write a book about movies? Tell me the origin story of this book.
0: Yeah, the origin story of the book is the fact that my son, who is now 34 years old, our eldest son, who is in the Air Force and has been there for quite a while, got his degree from Southern Evangelical Seminary like I did after college. And uh, he's always been a movie buff. And we got talking one day and I said, Zach, this could be a book where we talk about the parallels to Christianity in some of the favorite movies of the past few decades. And most of the movies we're covering in here, Jonathan, are of the superhero or fantasy variety. So we cover things like Captain America, Iron Man, uh, Batman, Lord of the Rings, Wonder Woman, Star Wars, those kind of movies. And we point out how not only do some of the storylines Line up with the greatest story ever told. The heroes themselves point to the ultimate hero, Jesus of Nazareth. So it really started with my son, and uh, we decided to finally write the book. So it just came out uh, just early May.
1: I love it, and I'm sure that was just a blast to get to write with your son and be a part of that process. But I, I love it, and I love. I'm um, you know full disclosure. I'm a, I'm a huge Marvel fan, and. In the superhero universe, in terms of especially, the, I would, I'm going to, co, we'll come back to that, but the, the golden age, I think, of Marvel, which may be passing soon, but yeah, it might but, be. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. So, you know, maybe let's start at the beginning. Why do you think we love superheroes? Why do, why do people resonate with that?
0: I think it resonates because just about everybody wants to be taken from this world of pain and suffering and transported to a world where there is no pain and suffering. We want to be taken from this difficult world into a place of bliss. As Ecclesiastes says, God has put eternity on our hearts and we all want to go there. And what these superhero movies do is they have a hero come in to rescue innocent people from danger and take them to a place of safety. Well, that's actually the Christian story. If you think about it, the ultimate story is that God comes to earth, adds humanity to his deity, takes our punishment on himself and will ultimately bring us to a place of bliss. That's what's really on all of our hearts. And so even stories, Jonathan, that are not written by Christians, even movies that may be written by anti-Christians, cannot help putting these themes in because they resonate with our deepest desires. Yeah, no, I love that. And then, because, you know, it's the image of God in them and almost like it's almost, I
1: always think it's almost like a tuning fork that just resonates whenever there's a theme about justice or truth or sacrifice or, you know, duty or virtue. It's like there's something in us um, that just, just, yes, yes. And and for some people, they don't even know what that yes is. It's Uh just, Just like that. Like, why did I feel that so deeply? And so I think
0: you love Marvel. Let's let's talk about the culmination of the Marvel Avenger series in Endgame. I know it keeps going on, but kind of Endgame was the, the culmination of several movies that started with Iron Man in 2008. And then time you get to Endgame, which is like 2019. All the Avengers are there trying to take out Thanos, the Satan figure who wants to kill half the population, maybe kill all the population by this point. And there's a scene, spoiler alert, where Iron Man, who has gone from a selfish billionaire playboy to now someone who is ready to be a hero, sacrifices himself in order to defeat Thanos and save the world. Now, obviously, he's a Christ figure in this instance. But imagine this, Jonathan, imagine if you get to that climactic scene and Iron Man turns to his Avenger buddies and says, hey, guys, you know, I don't really feel like taking on Thanos today. In fact, I got to get back to following my heart and taking care of just me. I'm not going to do it. I'm out. See ya." Would anybody go, oh, what an inspiring story. That's so great. He, he decided to follow his heart. He decided to be selfish. Nobody would, would, would be inspired by that. That movie would go nowhere. Mm-hmm. But it goes somewhere because even non-Christians realize that rather than following your heart, following the truth and sacrificing yourself to save other people is something beautiful which is the yeah, same acoustic Christian story, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I want to come back to some other themes around that, but let's, let's just track like, um, you know, in full disclosure, if you're listening to this and this podcast we're releasing over the summer and you'll be getting a chance to go see movies or maybe watch some of these with your family, but you can kind of use some of these themes for discussion. But let's just take two characters, maybe contrast them in that series of the Marvel universe, like take a Captain America figure and kind mm-hmm. of, Maybe what we see in maybe his story arc, if you will, and maybe then like that Tony Stark Iron Man character and maybe what each of them kind of kind of show us about ourselves, about God, about others. Maybe just spend some time just walking through those.
0: Yeah, those are the first two chapters of the book, Captain America, then Iron Man, and they're on crisscrossing arcs. Captain America is always morally right. You know, you never have to worry. Is Captain America going to do the right thing? No, he always does the right thing. And even he in training decides to jump on what he thinks is a live grenade to save his buddies. Whereas Mm -hmm. the, the the more muscular candidate to be captain America hides behind a truck. And that's Mm why uh, Steve Rogers is picked as captain America because he has the heart to serve others. He has the heart to do what's right, regardless of the consequences. So he's a Jesus figure, obviously Jesus, of course is morally perfect. Captain America isn't, you know, he can still be too self-righteous and annoy people and that kind of thing. But Tony Stark, on the other hand, is someone that needs a lot of moral development, right? He goes from a guy who's just a selfish playboy, a moral arms dealer, to someone who's going to sacrifice himself to save the world after several movies. And one of the most interesting word pictures or pictures, maybe I should say, I, I find in the entire Marvel series is this, Jonathan. There's a point where Tony Stark has everything he thinks, and we think you should need to be happy, right? He's got all the money he, he needs. He's got all the power he needs. He's got a great girlfriend, but he's still miserable. Why? Because he has no identity, no purpose. He has everything to live with and nothing to live for. And even Robert Downey Jr., who played the character, says, oh, this guy's spiritually dead, right? Right. But what happens to him? One of his own weapons detonates and puts shrapnel in his body. And he has to have a device installed right in the center of his chest to guard his heart from encroaching shrapnel. Now, to me, this is a beautiful picture of what I think is the second most important Bible verse in the Bible for this culture. The first most important, obviously, is the gospel. The second most important is Proverbs 4.23, which says, above all else, Guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. Notice it doesn't say follow your heart. It says guard your heart. Mm. And Tony realizes he has to guard his heart. If he doesn't guard his heart, if he keeps going in these selfish ways and just follows whatever he wants to do, he's going to wind up empty and full of anxiety. What he does is he ultimately does guard his heart. And he, as we mentioned earlier, becomes a hero who sacrifices himself to save the world. This is a great visual picture of what we need to do as Christians. We need to show people you don't follow your heart without moral restraint. You guard your heart.
1: Yeah. And that's so good. And and I think one of the things that's so powerful about film, especially, is it ignites the moral and spiritual imagination and yep. virtue, you know, and, and, and classical understanding. You didn't really teach moral duties until much later. It was like in the in kind of Aristotelian, kind of the classic was, hey, watch that person. That's a really good person. And then later on, we'll explain what it was that they were doing and the rules or like pointing out what's good. But like, there's kind of this emulation. That's what I think is so powerful about some of these films that are really well done because you see both the story arc of Tony Stark, which we can all see ourselves. It's like, we're in process, right? That's right. Sanctification is a process of Uh of being conformed to the image of Jesus or growth over time, uh, toward a better version of you, um, in that regard. Um, and then we see those, those clear moments. I mean, I remember the first time I watched that Captain America, when he jumps on that, I mean, I cheered up. I was like, Uh man, I was not expecting, like, but that's powerful, right? But we just like, yeah. "Yeah." And it's like, would I do that? I hope I would. Like, I would hope that I would, Mm -hmm in that moment i would i would do that and but that makes because the imagination makes other things possible to be acted upon and and imitated and i think that's a really
0: powerful thing in fact i think that's why jesus used stories to to put either a theological or moral point across like for example the good samaritan that's a story like if you went back to the first century, you couldn't you wouldn't say, Jesus, hey, who really was the, the good Samaritan? Can you tell me his name? I want to go interview him. No, no, no. That's not the point. Right? It's a it's a fictional story to tell a moral or theological truth. And that's why stories today can be used in the same way. Obviously, not to the same level of perfection as Jesus did. But right. stories, fictional stories can make a moral point, sometimes even better than straight, di- you know, didactic teaching.
1: Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that's going to be interesting, you know, obviously you and I both work a lot with teenagers, Gen Z, mm-hmm. Next Generation. And one of the things they're hungry for, there's mass confusion around identity. Right. But there's also amazing hunger for transcendent purpose. Is there something beyond myself? Yes. And and so what's fascinating in and, and this, I know you can't write about every fam- famous movie in here, but I think in some ways the the character arc of Thor – is going uh-huh. in reverse of what Tony Stark is doing, I think. I'm not sure oh, that's where they're gonna go. Insight.
0: Yeah. yeah, i thought of that. Yeah. It's he's gonna he's, unru- going, he's going the opposite way. Yeah.
1: Because at the beginning of the very first Thor movie, which is one of my favorites, uh-huh. he learns that leadership involves submission to authority and and other caring for others more than yourself and things like that. Right. And now we're in this arc of he's on this journey to find himself and he's <laughs> doing all these things, giving up. And so anyway, it's just an interesting thing. But but I think one of the things that I wanted to highlight there is, is that's where the Christian story speaks to this generation is like, is there something beyond just satisfying my own desires? Is there right. something on before and trying to define my own reality for me right and, and i think that resonates deeply has that been kind of what you found as well yes
0: in fact uh, several of the movies that we covered uh, talk a little bit about identity and so we, we we're weaving in apologetics and theology into the text of hollywood heroes so if you read the chapter on iron man you read the chapter on batman you read the chapter on wonder woman you're going to find these themes of identity and transcendent purpose as well so And by the way, this book is written in such a way that even if you haven't seen the movies, you can track along with it and get the same kind of lesson. And it's kind of a fun read as well. In fact, Natasha Crane, our mutual friend Natasha Crane, said Mm -hmm. she had only read or had only seen one of the movies that we talk about in the book, but she tracked right along with the book and endorsed it. So this is going to be a good book, I think, for kids, for their parents, for youth pastors, for anybody that wants to teach not only theology, but biblical life lessons in a non-preachy way. You know, it's much easier as a parent to say, hey, let's have movie night tonight than to say, hey, let's break out the Bible. I mean, you got to do that. You got to break out the Bible. But kids might be more excited if you say we're going to we're going to watch movies and then discuss them. They may get a better lesson from that than if you just opened the Bible and just tried to teach it didactically, at least with the movies, you can do that and then get the lesson visually, which can be very powerful.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and not every family has the same convictions. And yeah. obviously, you want to watch stuff that's age-appropriate and all that's that right. stuff. Yeah. All those disclaimers out there. But at the same time, these movies are things that most teenagers and most of our culture have seen or know. So they're in that cultural imagination. So that that's that's a great opportunity. You know, maybe let's talk one thing. It may surprise people. What, what would you say is the most distinctly Christian theme? superhero out of your out of your book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is
0: this this may upset some Christian parents, but and we say this right in the in the opening line of the chapter, arguably the most the the character uh, in modern fiction that most aligns with Jesus is Harry Potter. People are going to go Harry Potter. Didn't Harry Potter engage in the occult and all this? Okay, let me say a couple of things about that. First of all, I've noticed that Christians have kind of had a double standard. On one hand, they don't like Harry Potter because there's wizardry in it. On the other hand, they're fine with Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia, which also had wizardry in it. In fact, Gandalf in Lord of the Rings is a wizard, right? (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler (laughs) alert. So uh, secondly, to say, uh, first of all, whatever parents think is appropriate for their kids, I'm all for. If you don't want your kids watching Harry Potter, that's fine, I get it. But on the other hand, if you take a fresh look at it, you realize that this kind of wizardry is fantasy wizardry. It's not the kind of stuff the Bible's talking about, right? People aren't flying around in brooms on broomsticks playing, you know, modified soccer games, you know, uh, just like the Star Wars series. Nobody can levitate a spaceship with their mind. This is fantasy stuff. And J.K. Rowling admitted it's all fantasy stuff. It's fantasy magic. It's not real. So it's not the same kind of thing the Bible talks about to stay away from. It's fantasy. And by the way, Jonathan, 23 out of the top 25 grossing movies of all time are fantasy movies. Mm. They have either the supernatural or paranormal in them. There's only two I know that don't, and that's uh, Titanic, and the other is like Furious 7. All the other movies, 12 of which are the movies we cover in the book Hollywood Heroes, are fantasy movies. Now, why is that? Because people want to be taken from this world, as I said earlier, to a world where there'll be no pain, suffering, Or difficulty. So Harry Potter actually parallels Jesus in four ways. Number one, he's prophesied to be the savior of his world before he is born. Number two, he has to live a moral life in order to be that savior. Number three, he sacrifices himself to defeat the evil Satan figure, Voldemort. And then number four, believe it or not, he rises from the dead and his followers then need to put their faith in him to ultimately defeat Voldemort. Now, does that sound familiar? Yeah. (laughs) In fact, J.K. Rowling said the entire series can be epitomized by two Bible verses that appear in the books and the movies. The first is... The last enemy to be destroyed is death. That's from First Corinthians 15. And the other verse is from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. She said, but I never wanted to talk about the Bible parallels here because I didn't want readers to know where we were going. Hmm. She she basically uses the Bible to write the story of Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. I, I remember when I first, uh, came across that series I was like okay it's a big cultural phenomenon I need to read the books which I I love listening to the audiobooks and things like that which were really well well done oh yeah because they go into even all the more detail to make those parallels even clearer than the movies do in some ways but I remember getting to the end and again spoiler spoiler you know it's a very clear incarnational moment for Harry Mm -hmm. Potter when he the way he has to defeat the evil and you're like wow that's that's a really great theme you can talk about you talk about sacrificial love and different things because in some ways, you can always use images and powerful stories to point back to ultimate things and ultimate stories. And again, people can have different convictions on that. That's not necessarily our point. But the point is, is a lot of people sometimes never never knew that because they say just they dismissed it. Well, it has magic in it. Right. But there's a powerful theme in there that the author, you know, J.K. Rowling, and she's not an evangelical Christian, but she's she's saying this theme drives what what the book
0: is. She's not an evangelical Christian. She does claim to be a Christian, though. She's with the Church of England. And I don't know if you've noticed, but she's been pretty strong lately against the whole transgender madness. I mean, she's saying, look, there Mm -hmm. are men and women. Stop this craziness. You know, you're hurting women by saying there are no genders, because if there are no genders, there's no women. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, And so, yeah, it's it's a fascinating cultural commentary on, on the whole discussion uh-huh. on gender right now as well. But, you know, as you think about movies and all these different kind of things, what do you think um, good stories reveal about the human condition? Like, what are some other things that those kind of bring out of us?
0: Well, I think if I question has been asked this way, sometimes out of all the heroes you go through, what's the common theme running through them? And uh, the biggest common theme is sacrifice, Jonathan. That sacrifice demonstrates love like nothing else. Every one of these heroes in some way sacrifices either their own well-being or their own lives in order to take care of others. And if that's, of course, what Jesus did for us, right? He said there's no greater love than if you die for your friends. And that's what he did, said before he went to the cross. So sacrifice is the key. It brings out of us when we watch these the idea that, yeah, this is the ultimate form of love. Even if you're an atheist, you recognize the beauty of that. In fact, we start the book Hollywood Heroes with a story of a real world Navy SEAL who dove on a grenade to save his friends. His name mm. is Michael Monsor. He died 30 minutes after he did it, but he sacrificed himself to save his friends. Mm. And Jesus not only sacrifices himself to save his friends, he sacrifices himself to save his enemies. Wow which is well beyond what any hero does in, in real life, you know, I, or in these movies, I should say in real life, Jesus does it.
1: No, that, that's, that's huge. And, and so powerful. Um, maybe, maybe I'll, I want to come back to a, to a kind of a big picture question in a minute, but maybe I know it's having watched movies and I know it isn't the central kind of theme of the books. So you're just trying to draw out the themes, but maybe do you have any kind of tips for people uh, offering say on how to, how to watch a movie, like what, a, what to look for, Maybe share a few thoughts and I might, might share a couple as well, yeah, but. well.
0: Well, to be honest, when I go to a movie, I'm not looking for anything. <laughs> I'm vegging out. Right. That's why I don't see a lot of these parallels unless I kind of retrospectively look at it and say, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. And that's what the book Hollywood Heroes will help you do. Because if you just go to a movie like I do, look, I, I'm using my mind most of the day. <laughs> when I watch a movie. I don't even want to think hardly. Right. That's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. The book will help you do that, will help you look for certain themes and parallels. And uh, it, it'll it sort of arise your your antenna, your antenna will come out and you'll go, oh, check that out. Like, for example, in, in, in the movie um, Batman versus Superman. Lex Luthor states one of the greatest theological questions of all time. If there is a good God, why is there evil? He's actually quoting like Epicureus there. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what the whole movie gets into. And if you're just kind of, you know, vegging out going, why, why would Batman be fighting Superman anyway? I don't even like this movie. Right. Yet when you start to look at the themes behind it, you go, wow, what a deep theological question. Why don't we talk about that? Right. So the book will help you pick out how to watch a movie in a way that you can enjoy it better and see the themes running in it. What were you going to say? What are some of the things? Yeah,
1: yeah. No, a couple thoughts there. Um. So one of the things is pay attention to where the emotion is aimed at in a movie. So mm-hmm. like what you feel deeply, because whatever is celebrated is the virtue truth they want you to get, and whatever is villainized is what they want you to think is bad. Right. And so sometimes pay attention to what you care about because a good, nothing is in a movie by accident. I mean, there is every little slice music, you know, build up, you know, framing all of that is done on purpose to take you somewhere. That's right. Um, And so image bearers can't help, but take you in certain themes, but then those who do good Christian storytelling or good storytelling in general, take you to good redemptive themes, but also the inverse is true. And I think this is part of the, in our entertainment culture, where everybody's consuming just so much uh, Netflix and Hulu and every, you know Disney Plus, everything under the sun, it can also have the inverse. It can attach emotions to the wrong ideas. That's right. That aren't good. Yeah. And then you and it's never by a rational argument. It's why do I come to feel like I'm cheering for this instead of that? Well, that's mm-hmm. part of absorbing honestly a lot of entertainment uncritically because they've just kind of tweaked your heart a little bit each time. You go, yeah, or I'm applauding this, or I'm laughing at that. It's like, whoa, I'm not sure that I should. So it's it's so paying attention to the emotion, I think, is a, is a powerful way. That I think of-
0: that's really important because George Barna found that, as you know, because you've worked with George, that kids today get more of their theology from the big screen than from the pulpit. So our point in Hollywood heroes is why not use the big screen to teach good theology, to teach Mm -hmm. good biblical life lessons, where Hollywood does it right. Now, admittedly, they don't always do it right. A lot of times they're, as you say, glorifying the immoral, but when they do get it right, why not use that with our kids? Why not use that with, with other non-Christians? In fact, this is a great evangelism tool, right? Even if you don't want your kids watching Harry Potter or some other, Uh, movie that we have, movie series we have in here. If they can know something about the series, then they can have a bridge to their friends who do Mm -hmm. know something about the series and have watched it and say, look at the parallels to Jesus in here. You know why you like Harry Potter? If you like Harry Potter, you're gonna love Jesus because Jesus sacrifices himself for us just like Harry sacrifices himself for his people. If if you love Iron Man, you know why you love Iron Man? Because Iron Man didn't follow his heart. Iron Man guarded his heart and sacrificed himself to save the world. That's why you love him. If he had followed his heart, you'd go, I just another selfish guy. Yet the culture is telling you, follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. It's exactly the the wrong message we ought to be telling people.
1: It's huge. And you anticipated the last question I want to end on, basically how we can leverage these themes to have spiritual conversations with others. And I think you hit the nail on the head is like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, I've become all things to all people Mm -hmm. so that I might win some. It's like, well, if we are a culture of entertainment, and again, everybody's got different, you know, tolerances on certain right. kind of film and movie. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, sear your conscience. I'm not saying do any of that. But why not leverage these moments, these stories, these images, which are so full of the cultural imagination to make gospel connection points or spiritual worldview connection points to Christianity, to biblical themes. And I think your book, Hollywood Heroes, does a fabulous job of that. And again, my 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 guest today is Frank Turek. Um, he's written this book with Zach Turek, his son, Hollywood Heroes, How Your Favorite Movies Reveal God. Uh, there'll be links to that in the show notes and things like that. But if you had to leave us with one last kind of thought or observation on just kind of one of the points you want to get across in this book or this theme, uh, what would you what would you share there?
0: Let me amplify what you just said there, Jonathan, uh, and that is uh, we ought to use the culture to win people to Jesus where we can, just like Paul did in act 17 when he's at mars hill right he's quoting the greek's own poets to apply them to jesus where he says in jesus we live and move and have our being you know he's quoting a poet that used that to say in zeus we live and move and have our being (laughs) right yeah so paul's using the movies of his day to say what you really seek here this altar to an unknown god is the true god let me tell you about him And so there are so many gods that we see in these movies that are heroes. We ought to be pointing people to the true God through these heroes. And that's the purpose of Hollywood heroes. And we have questions at the end of each chapter. So it's a a fun read. You can use it with your kids. You can use it with your friends. You can use it with uh, youth groups. You can use it anywhere. So I hope people take a look at it. Go to HollywoodHeroesBook.com if you want to see a little video trailer of the book and and more about the book there, hollywoodheroesbook.com. Awesome. And
1: as we're heading into the summer season, obviously the the movie theaters are coming back, thankfully, and people are getting out talking about these things. Maybe have a movie night have, you know, with your family, talk about some of these things, enjoy it, learn how to watch a movie more carefully to see themes, to point out along the way. Um, and, and that's a great way to kind of draw people further in to deeper conversation. And, and honestly, thinking about themes they may not, care about initially but once you find something they care about and then connect that dot then they can care about it too so hopefully you'll use this tool hollywood heroes with my good friend frank turek and his son zach turek again we'll have links in the show notes and we hope this has been a helpful conversation to you frank thanks so much for writing this book and all you're doing for the kingdom and ministry and, and your writing and everything else appreciate, appreciate hey, all thanks for
0: having me on jonathan great interview perfect
1: <laughs> and the applause thanks frank <laughs> <laughs>
0: For more information about our on-campus worldview and leadership experiences for students and our accessible online courses like Explore Truth and Explore the Resurrection, visit impact360.org. Impact 360 Institute, know, be, live.